Hello, everyone, and welcome to I'm Not Okay With Day. I am your host, Day. And you guys, I am so excited for this episode because one of my besties, she's back. Fee is back. And we are going to be talking about a special project of hers, something near and dear to her heart, her first book. I am so excited to talk to her. It was such a great conversation, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Here is Fee. Fee, welcome to the podcast for the second time. So excited. Thank you for having me. I am so excited that you are here. I cannot wait to dive right in into the things we're going to talk about today. But first, you know what it is. We're going to talk about something that made us feel some type of way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll go first. So this past weekend was my dad's birthday. So I went down to visit and as you guys know, I, well, I don't know. Fee, you got a husband, so your husband can do this, but I'm by myself. So when things come up, especially regarding my car, I'm always calling my dad like, daddy, what do I do? <laughs> so a light came on this week and it was like the car pressure light, you know, so I, I don't know. It was the car pressure light, the tire pressure. So I told my dad in the week, hey, the tire pressure light is on, but she's not here. So like, he can't do anything about it. So he told me what to do. I did it, but the light was still on. Anyways, when I went down there, um, he went and he fixed it. And then he returned the car to me, you guys. And guess what? It was filled. He filled up the tank too. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you, it seems like not a big deal, but it is a huge deal, especially for me at this moment in time, because the struggle is real. Okay. <laughs> so just like the little things like that it's just it melts my heart and it just makes me feel so grateful for my dad and just the small things that he'd be doing so that made me feel all the all the feels all the good feels <laughs> what about you V? so um I know that your viewers they don't know a lot about me but I like sports. I love playing sports. And I'm from the ATL. Okay. And right now, the team that is holding down for Atlanta is the Atlanta Braves. Okay. <laughs> the Atlanta Braves last weekend, they made it to the playoffs. Um, I'm sorry, the World Series. My bad. They made it to the World Series. They beat the Dodgers, who they did not beat last year. Uh, they beat them, and now they're playing the Houston Rockets. And so far, they have won three games out of seven. They just need to win one more game tonight, and hopefully they win. And, you know, that would be something great. So I feel some kind of way because I'm excited because that's the one team in Atlanta that is doing something great for us. <laughs> By the time the podcast come out, we'll already know what the results will be. But yeah, see for Atlanta Braves. I mean, I don't know anything about sports, so I, I can't be there with you on this. But yeah. All right, cool, girl. Well, let's just dive right in. As I said in the introduction, you guys, Fee is here because she's going to share something very special that she's been working on. And we have the exclusive, y'all. We have the exclusive. We are the first people to be talking about it. And I'm very, 
very excited. Fia's writing a book. Or she wrote a book. Let's say that. Yes. 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 And the book is about something very special to her. And so I kind of just wanted to talk to her today about what her inspiration was for the book and, you know, just talk about the things that come up um, that's come up for her through the book and her goals. So let's get started. Sylvie, why don't you share with everybody first what your book is about? Okay, awesome. So my book, um, should I give the title too, Dania? Yes, go ahead. Give the title everything. So the title of my book is Ashley's Journey to Joy. And this book is so dear to me because it's all about child grief. And it's about my story. Um, my dad passed away uh, when I was a child. And, um, you know, I wanted to do something where I can share the experience of Yes, I was upset. Yes, I had some hurts, but I'm on this journey to joy. Um, and seeing that, you know, we have so many people that have lost loved ones, so many children that have lost loved ones due to so many different things, um, COVID-19, cancer, um, homicide, unfortunately. Um, but where are the books that give children hope? Where are the books that give children some joy? And uh, that's what my book is all about, just trying to uh, work with um, children as they navigate these different feelings and emotions and just kind of letting them know that each emotion that they feel is valid. It's so real and it's okay to feel those feelings in that moment. I just love that so much. And I'm so proud of Yuffie. It's amazing. As you said, like your book really was inspired by your dad's death. And so um, I thought it would be good to talk about, you know, what it was like going through that as a kid and just the the grief and the loss and the healing journey. So um, why don't you tell us first, like how old were you when your dad passed? Like what was the situation when your dad passed away? Perfect. So I was um, in eighth grade. I was just about to graduate from my Junior Academy. Um, it was February 2006. I was 13 years old. And I remember exactly where I was the moment that I found out that my dad had passed away. Um, so it was February. And my dad, prior to his passing, um, I want to say maybe like early 2001, early 2000s, um, he had gotten really sick. And, you know, I didn't know my brother, my sister, we didn't know that my dad had been sick all of our lives and we just didn't know it. My parents did a good job of protecting us from him being ill, um, but we found out that he got ill, that he was ill um, in the early 2000s, we'll say, um, as children, um, where he was in and out of the hospital. Uh, we spent time with different relatives, different family friends. Um, because my mom and dad didn't want my brother, my sister and I to see um, how sick my dad truly was. So um, February, 2006, my dad and mom, they go on this amazing um, married lovers retreat for Valentine's Day. 
my dad sent my mom this huge bouquet of flowers. Um, like he always does. He always does sweet things like that. Um, sent her a cute bouquet of flowers for Valentine's Day. And then the following week, they were to go on this trip to um, a cruise. Mm-hmm. And on this cruise, they had a good time. They took a lot of pictures. Mind you, my dad is still sick. And my dad, well, he was blind. He wasn't always blind, but because of his illness, uh, he eventually went blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, they had a good time. And, you know, we just had to maneuver differently uh, with my dad having this disability now. Yeah. Um, children. Um, but yeah, they went on this awesome trip. Uh, and it was one for the books, I would say. Um, I talked to my dad that Saturday um, as they were getting ready to go on the cruise for the next four to five days. Uh, but they had flown. They had flown to Miami um, for the cruise from mm-hmm. Atlanta. And um, like I said, I was in the eighth grade and I remember it was like 2.30 in the afternoon. Uh, my brother and I, we were staying with my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, um, while my parents were on this trip. And my aunt was the one that was kind of helping my grandmother bring us to school and take us back home. And it was 2.30 in the afternoon. I know I was sitting in my social studies class, uh, you know, as a, you know, early teen, chit chat yeah. with my friends. And I see my aunt at the, at the door. And I'm like, it's 2.30. Auntie knows that she's supposed to come get us at three o'clock. Um, but I was told to grab all of my things that I had to go. And I was just kind of perplexed, like, okay, what's, what's really happening? What's going on? Um, so we walked down the middle school hallway, walked down the elementary school hallway, but we did not go through the front doors. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, my heart started racing because I knew something had happened to my parents. I didn't know exactly what, but because we did not pass, we didn't go exit out of the front doors mm-hmm. to the front office. And we went into the principal's office. And now I'm kind of like, what is going on? And I'm praying to myself for Jesus, please don't let the ship, um, you know, watch the Titanic, you I know, know. <laughs> Titanic. and it's just, you know, please don't let this sink, um, the ship, um, sink or anything like, like Jesus, please let my parents be okay. That's what I'm praying. And I didn't tell anybody this, mm-hmm. this is the first time ever, you know, talking about my emotions as far as like leading yeah. up to finding out, but we go to the principal's office and I see my grandmother and now I'm like, yo, something really is going on and it's not good because my grandmother is standing there. She has tears in her eyes. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me start crying. Um, you know, I start crying and I'm just like, what is going on? They had the high school, print, um, not the principal, but the high school Bible teacher. She was in the room with us and my grandmother held my hand and she said, um, something happened um, while your parents were away. And I'm thinking now both of my parents, mm-hmm. not that it's, you know, one or the other, but just thinking that, oh, Lord Jesus, something happened to my parents. Um, 
but she said, your dad passed away. And I was like, what? What? And immediately I thought of, I have my eighth grade graduation coming up in a couple of months. Uh, my dad's missing my graduation. He's going to miss my wedding. He's going to miss grant. Like these are things that are like going through my little 13 year old mind. Mm-hmm. As soon as they said that. And um, it was just a sad, I'm sorry. So emotional just thinking about yeah. that, that time. Cause I remember everything so vividly. Um, the high school Bible teacher, she prayed with us. Um, and my, my aunt, you know, took us to my grandmother, my other grandmother, my dad's mom's house. And, um, when we got there, my brother and I, we just, my mom was there already. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause apparently my dad, they made it back from the cruise, but, um, when they came back to Miami, um, he passed away, uh, passed away at my aunt's house, my great aunt's house. Mm-hmm. That's where they were staying in the, you know, the transition of coming mm-hmm. off, the ship, off the cruise and traveling back to Atlanta. I think they were supposed to fly back that night or the next, uh, that Friday morning, but it was the Thursday, February uh, 23rd, 2006. Um, and that's when I found out my dad passed away. Yeah. It was, it was so emotional because um, I had just talked to him the Saturday before they left for the trip. And yeah. it was, and I remember like before, like before they left, you know, you hug and you kiss and you say goodbye. Um, it was my dad said, I'll see you. He didn't say, I'll see you later. He never said that. So in my heart, I feel as though he knew that this was mm. the last time that he was going to see us. Um, yeah, so it was, it's a little emotional for me because he never, I, I remember he never said, I'll see you later. It was, it was something, it was, it wasn't to that effect, but it was something mm-hmm. he said. And just looking back at it now, I just know that I feel like he knew that this was, you know, his last time seeing his children Mm. uh, before the trip. But what I can say is that I just praise God that my mom and dad had this opportunity to be together and to celebrate their love, to celebrate their union. And I know like, um, yeah, it was difficult for us as the children, but just like, I know my mom had a super hard time, you know, trying to navigate with, my sister was eight years older. Mm-hmm. So she was already growing and gone, yeah. and, you know, doing her own thing. But it was my brother and I, 13 and 12. And what was so crazy was that my birthday was a month later in five days. So my dad passed away a month and five days before my birth, my 14th birthday. Um, so it was just, you know, a lot of different emotions. Yeah. I mean, pretty much sum that up. That's kind of how I found out that my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. 
So like as a kid, like you were saying, you're talking, you're thinking about all these things as you're hearing this, like all the things he's going to miss. And then you're feeling all the emotions. Like, do you remember what it was like? Um, like your birthday was right around the corner. Like, what was it like kind of going through? What, what, what do you remember feeling as a kid? Like, as you went through trying to navigate life without your dad? I can say that I, I remember it was so difficult. It was so difficult um, because we were still in the house that, you know, I had, I was growing up in that my parents, yeah. and I was a child. Um, so I know like it was difficult those first few weeks um, because I, I couldn't believe that my dad was gone. It was it was so like surreal, like this, this can't be happening. Yeah. When did it like sink in for you? Oh, for sure. At the funeral, for sure. At the funeral when they, um, because it was like a open casket at first, you know how they have mm-hmm. the funeral where the casket is open and the family walks down the aisle of the church or whatever. And then after they, you know, family the processional they closed the casket that was when it was real that was that was when it was real and it kind of because because I hadn't seen my dad for almost a week prior Mm -hmm. to his death it almost felt like he was still on vacation somewhere yeah That's, that's how it really felt um but it didn't sink in until I saw my dad in the casket um and uh it was, it was difficult. It was, it was extremely difficult because um, at our house, every room had a memory of my dad. And it was, it was great having those memories, but it was also very difficult trying to have those memories because it was like, daddy's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, daddy's not here anymore to share in these memories or to make new memories. It was, it was just very difficult trying to live in that house. And yeah. my mom, like, I just thank God for my mom because she really, um, she really tried to make us as comfortable as possible. She was saying that, oh, we'll get new furniture. And we'll, we will, you know, redo the house Mm -hmm. to make it look different. But, you know, those emotions of, you know, helping my dad up the stairs, like I mentioned, he was blind, Mm -hmm. so helping him up the stairs, or um, he would sit downstairs in the den, and being downstairs, it felt weird without him being there, or having the pool table without him playing pool with us. Uh, and you know everything was every space in that house had some type of memory yeah um for I think for about my dad died February March April May um my mom said we're gonna move and I think it was best because like my mom she she was crying every day Mm -hmm. um which was you know 
because we see your, you know, you never want to want to see their mom in pain. Um, or, you know, you know, that just that level of pain of loving someone for 20 years and now yeah. they're just, you know, no longer with us anymore. So, you know, seeing her in pain made us, you know, more pain because it was just sad, you know, it's just yeah. sad and trying to figure out everything um, on just how to maneuver. So, so I know it took kind of the long way around, but to answer your question, it was difficult um, trying to maneuver through this time. Um, and I can say that my name, Felicia, means happy. Um, and up until that point, I was a very happy child. Yeah. Be happy, go lucky. You know, a lot of things, you know, eh, I would have, you know, as a teenager, you have an attitude, whatever, preteen. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, I was really a happy, go lucky type of person. Yeah. And when my dad died, my whole person, I didn't care. I didn't care about the rules. I was a rule follower before. And um, I didn't care about rules. I didn't care about being respectful. Um, my dad's death, uh, I want to say it turned me into a different person because I did not know how to um, balance my emotions because there'll be a song that would play. There would be, um, I would smell his cologne. Mm-hmm. I would... Um, you know, just different things would remind me of him. And, you know, I'm angry at, I was angry at God for a long time. Um, Like, why did he have to take my dad? Like, it it was just a lot that trying to maneuver and, Mm. you know, how do you, how do you, like, as adults, we still have a hard time dealing with death. Exactly. You know, the, the loss of a loved one. And for a child to do that, that is, as a child, you don't have the tools. As an adult, mm-hmm. you, you have life experiences, you have different ways that you can maneuver yeah, uh, and kind of like push through and move forward. But as a child, you don't have those, those tools in your toolbox. You just know that, well, I just knew that my daddy wasn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was mad at the world. I was angry at God. I was upset that my dad had to be the one to die. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, I was really angry. Yeah. Really angry. And rightfully so. I mean, I feel like anyone, even now, any kind of loss like that would definitely, um, create anger and it's totally valid. Were you, did you like get into any therapy as a kid or anything like that to kind of help you? Did your mom, you know, what, what was that like? Yeah. So I did my own personal therapy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I journaled every day. Yeah. I, I just kind of, because I felt like no one understood how I was feeling. Uh, my friends at school, they didn't know, they didn't understand. They didn't know how to, mm-hmm. they didn't have the right words or it was, it would be like, oh, you're crying about your dad again. And it was mm-hmm. like, 
but you still have yours. You know, it's like, it was things like that. So I would journal every day, but um, because of this traumatic event that happened in my life, um, my mom, she was like, this person that you are now becoming is not beneficial. Mm-hmm. And it was actually my my aunt who found um, this organization here in Atlanta. It's called Kate's Club um, for children that have lost a parent or a loved one. And um, it just happened to be on the radio. Wow. It's on the radio. And my aunt, she heard it, wrote down the information, gave it to my mom. And my mom, you know, looked into it because she was really trying to find us therapy because I know um, she was in therapy through yeah. this time and uh, she was trying to find something that was kid friendly for us. And Kate's club was just the right place for us. When I say that um, I have made friends within this organization, within this club, mm-hmm. and it was because we we all understood. There was no words that needed to be said there was no reasoning of why I was crying Mm -hmm. or um, why I just kind of wanted to be by myself it was like a silent membership of I understand Mm -hmm. I understand and it was great to have friends that understood yeah and that I think that helped a lot because in this organization um we do different activities together, like a club. Mm-hmm. So we would we would go skating together. We would go to basketball games together. Um, but what we did also together was we did art therapy, mm-hmm. we do music therapy. Um, where for me it didn't feel as though I was talking about my feelings. Yeah. You know, some old white guy in a chair with the glasses and a clipboard mm-hmm. writing things down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that was the image. <laughs> yeah. But but it was it it felt like it was a it not felt like, but it was a safe space where I could share mm-hmm. how I felt without any judgment. Yeah. And that right there was my saving grace. Mm-hmm. That was what I needed personally to, you know, start this healing process. Mm-hmm. Because I was before, let's see, my dad died. Like, sorry, I have to keep going back to. Yeah, that's February. okay. But my dad died in February. We moved out of our, our home that we've known forever um, to a new home. I want to say July, maybe late June, July. We moved into a new home that was far away. Um, and we started going to Kate's Club. So it wasn't like a long period of time in between my dad passing away and um, my mom finding this Kate's Club organization. Um, and it, it was, it's, I'm sorry. I just can I talk a little bit more about this Kate's club. Yes. Go ahead, girl. This is your time. That's why I'm not interrupting you. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they would just do certain things like for mother's day, they would have, um, so an event mm-hmm. where, you know, those that can come around 
for National Siblings Day, they would have, you know, an event um, for Father's Day. And those were the ones we went to the most with the Father's mm-hmm. Day, where we were able to honor the legacy of my, my dad. And um, it felt okay for us to cry, to be emotional and to have all those feels all at the same time. Yeah. We did, um, um, you know how they have like breast cancer awareness walks and things like that. We did a memory walk where, um, you know, you can bring pictures of your loved one. And we did like a walk around Piedmont Park. That's one of the parks here in Atlanta. And um, we would just, you know, honor our loved ones making a like a parade, if you will, just um, having those memories of our loved ones. We went on, I know we went to, uh, sorry, these are just good memories of moments where my dad was, we were honoring his legacy and honoring, you know, the life that he had lived. Um, I remember one year uh, with Kate's Club, we went to a summer, a summer camp with Kate's Club and Mm -hmm. We did a um, a lantern. Well, it was a paper bag with a one of those LED lights, and we would line up. So, let's say it was maybe about sixty kids that would line up their paper bags with pictures of their loved one, um, and we would do like a a silent walk um, along the path for um, at the summer camp. And I remember I was bawling and um, this girl, she, she was a member of Kate's club. She just came and held my hand and gave me the biggest hug. And we just walked, you know, hand in hand crying when we got to, um, you know, the start of the walk, I was already crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. went in silence and she just hugged me um it was it was just great you know what I mean like just that there was no need for us to communicate anything other than I'm here for you and when we went to you know her bag where um her siblings had passed away you know it was just like we were just there in silent support of each other and that is one of like my fondest memories of Kate's Club. And it, it really helped to make the healing process this much easier. You know what I mean? Like it was made so much easier to deal with, you know, the loss of a loved one. Because like I said, man, this, this organization, it, it really impacts the lives of young people. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm really grateful that my brother and I had the opportunity not only to be members of this organization, but then to come back once we aged out of the organization at 18 to come back and, you know, give that same support to the younger kids as, you know, camp counselors or camp buddies um, during when we were coming back from school, from college or whenever we had some time. And I just 
I'm just so thankful for it. <laughs> just that opportunity because it yeah. really, it really helped. It really helped. That is so beautiful. I love what Kate's Club is doing and did for you. And in a way, I feel like with your book, you're doing the same thing. And I just love it. And we need more of that. So that's awesome. Would you say that Kate's Club was the the thing that like kind of shifted your um, perspective on life? Or what would you say was the thing that shifted? Because you were having this attitude, you were really struggling with managing your emotions about this thing what then like shifted for you I would definitely say it was Kate's Club it it really was um just how you know we had um we called the the adults we called them buddies so we didn't call them you know camp counselors or whatever we called them buddies mm-hmm. the idea was that they are our buddy in this healing process Um, and the buddies, they really, um, they were really there for us. Well, for me, um, during this time where I could really kind of let out everything and there was, I think it was really, there was no judgment. There was, you can cry and it's okay. You can be angry and it's okay you can be mad at the world. It's okay. And that was my saving, my saving grace, like I mentioned, because at school, I, I was the only one at my school that had experienced a a close relative passing away. Uh, So at school, it was, um, they, no one understood. Mm-hmm. I did have, you know, some really good friends that um, I remember my freshman year of high school, we had some type of chapel event or something where we were whole school for the high school. And I don't know what was said. I don't know what triggered it. It, it Maybe it didn't have to be a trigger. The thought of my dad, man, it just kind of like over overwhelmed me. Um, and I was falling, falling. And I know I had a friend, um, you know, my, my close friends, they were really, really good about it. But I had this one friend, um, I love her to pieces. Anytime that she would see that I needed like that moment, she would just say, oh, you know, her, her contacts are messed up. That was, and, you know, people left me alone. They weren't asking what's wrong, what's wrong. She, she kind of knew, I, I don't know if I gave her like a certain signal or whatever, but she would come and just like, oh, Miss so-and-so, I got, let me, let me help Felicia with her contacts. They came out, so I got to help her. That's why her eyes are so watery. Or she would say, oh, she has allergies. Or she would just say something that would kind of avoid the competition of what's mm-hmm. wrong, what's wrong. Because I think sometimes that can be overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you know, as young people that, I mean, for adults, when people are asking you constantly what's going on, when you're trying to figure out how to. Right. You don't even know yourself. Exactly. You're just here barely existing. Um, but yeah, I, I can just say like Kate's club really helped and, you know, having that really close community of friends at school that they did not understand, 
but they, um, what's the word I'm trying to find, Danielle? Validated, maybe, your feelings? Validated. Okay. Okay, no, because that's not what you're trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) No, not, mm. oh, well. But they, 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 they made you feel safe to just be, to express exactly. how you feel, to grieve. They made you feel safe to grieve. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's the easiest way to put it. Yeah. So now here we are and you wrote this book. Like what made you decide to write this book? Oh boy. So, um, I've always had it in my mind, um, that I wanted to do something that was going to preserve my dad's legacy. I wanted to do some really great thing because I felt like my dad was just that. Okay. I felt like he was great. Okay. I yes. felt like he was all that. And awesome, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I something that would let the world know how great he was um and to kind of share to share my dad with the world in a sense mm-hmm. um but um the idea came I want to say about 10 years ago maybe when I was in high school wow and I kept saying yeah I'm gonna write a book I'm gonna write a book about my experience I'm gonna write a book I'm gonna write a book and you know life happened, went to college, uh, graduated from college, um, started some classes, got married, um, and it kept getting, like, put on the back burner. Yeah. Like, every summer, that was like, oh, I'll have time during the summer to write it. Uh, I got busy with something either with work or with school. Um, and I had a coworker um, a couple of years ago, and I told her about, you know, I want to write this book. Because, uh, you know, growing up, I didn't see a lot of um, books about child grief. And I wanted to um, have a platform for that. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't, I didn't see books about African American children um, experiencing such a loss. Yeah. And I wanted to do something where um, children can have an opportunity to kind of share in this healing process, but also, or more specifically for African-American children. Um, who have gone through the same thing or who are experiencing the loss of a loved one. Um, and so my coworker, I was telling her all this jazz and I, and she said, just write it. And I was like, I don't have time to write it, sis. There's no time to write this book. I have to wait until I finish school. Yeah. Um, I have to wait until I finish, you know, getting um, all the stuff ready for the wedding. It was always some excuse. And um, I can say one, one night, maybe about two years ago. So that you see, like, this was such a long process to kind of get to where we are now. But um about maybe two, three years ago, the Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night and gave me the entire book, right? So now we're wow. 
three years out. The book is all written, all on my phone, of course. Um, but then it was, okay, it has to go more than just on paper. And I want it to be a book for children. Yes. A book for children. And maybe later on in life, some type of memoir, I don't know. But right now my focus was children um, because, you know, I'm a teacher and I'm so passionate about children and um, their emotions, their feelings, their health in general, period. Um, So the book then, I typed it up on my laptop and then another year or so it sat on my laptop because I said, Lord Jesus, I do not illustrate. I cannot draw. (laughs) Which is not true. I would have to say I can't draw. (laughs) But, um, well, yeah, and that's where I'm getting to. So Uh I, you know, I didn't want, you know, some rando to illustrate the book because I wanted someone who kind of understood my emotions, who understood how I was feeling or, you know, who was there with me during the process, either while it happened when I was in eighth grade in high school or even in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted someone who was with me during this process to help get my thoughts onto in the pictures. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a couple of people that I asked, they were just unavailable. Not that you child, had another child, um, just started law school. So, I mean, their lives got busy. And so it was back into my lap of what do I do with this? I think it was an amazing book that I wrote about how I felt and, um, but through this process of trying to find an illustrator, um, I just kind of kept, you know, with the Holy Spirit and with the help of a lot of my friends and support team, my support team. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> it was, you know, the book kept getting refined. It kept getting refined. It's the title that I had, I didn't really like it. It wasn't appealing for children. Um, and then I, you know, I had a coworker. Um, who's also a teacher to read it to, you know, how does it flow from the perspective of a teacher, maybe using this book. Mm-hmm. And then I had one of my parents, um, one of my students' parents, rather, to read the book. How does this flow from the perspective of a parent explaining this to a child? And then I had a student read it. How does this flow for mm-hmm. a child? Does this make sense? when you read it. So I kind of had like three different perspectives going on yeah. because I wanted it to be where number one, that it was clear enough for a child to understand. Um, and then two, I wanted it to be maybe a good resource for either a teacher in a classroom or a parent at home to use this book to um, kind of help explain the different emotions or yeah. as a tool, as a resource. Um, for a young person Mm -hmm. and the book kind of just evolved into something really great Uh, (laughs) I'm copying myself up I guess no you need to because I agree (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah so 
that's kind of how the book came to be where it was. I was in this Facebook group that also I was like, you know, getting some feedback from people that mm-hmm. did not know me. So it was like a biased opinion, right? but like a very truthful opinion um, about the book. So this book was a long, long time coming. Yeah. So finally, all of this, like refining, refining, um, I said, well, maybe I can get my students to draw the pictures. It'll be really cute. Mm-hmm. And that came with a whole lot of legal background. Oh, that yeah. With. Uh-huh. So I went to YouTube and said, YouTube University. Help. Okay. <laughs> help my sister out. <laughs> and yeah, so I was able to kind of figure it out and I did it all by myself with the help of the Holy Spirit, of course. Okay. Snaps for you. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. I cannot explain how proud I am. I can't wait for the world to just witness the greatness and for you to just touch all the people with this book. Like I'm so excited for you. Yeah. That's, that's the goal is to show children that if I, as a young person, was able to get on the right path towards, you know, see that the glass is not half empty, but half full. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that kind of goes into the next question I had, which is, what is like your main um, goal with the book? Like, what is the thing, the number one thing that you hope to accomplish? Like, once you put it out, how will you know that this is accomplished, Michael? Like, this is where I want it to be. Well, my, my goal with the book is truthfully to help children know, and maybe even adults who are experiencing the loss of a loved one or just experiencing that grieving process that yes, your loved one has passed away, but there's some good that can come out of it. There's some, there is still some hope. Like um, the moment I realized that my dad's death was not in vain Mm -hmm. was um, 2015, my brother and I were asked to be on the Meredith Vieira show. Yeah. This was just when um, oh, the story of the little girl, uh, Sailor, I believe her name was, the uh, plane crashed mm-hmm. and she was the only survivor. And they were talking about child grief and um, they flew my brother and I uh, from Atlanta to New York uh, to kind of just share our experience of being a child that has lost a parent and you know how have you maneuvered through it mm-hmm. and it was in that moment that I knew that my dad's death was not in vain because there are so many children out there that have unfortunately lost um, a parent a loved one a guardian a sibling and um maybe my story of my experience with my dad passing away can help someone else know that, yeah, there'll be some sad days, Mm -hmm. but 
there'll be some there'll be some good days as well so like that's truly like my goal with this book is just to be a resource to um young people adults people in general mm-hmm. that it's okay and it's going to be okay yeah you are going to be okay through this process because this process is not ended now it's it's been almost 16 years mm-hmm. well February uh 2022 will be 16 years that my dad passed away and you know there's some days where I could talk about it my dad and just be really brave about it and there's some days where just the thought of my dad just kind of makes me feel small or you know just that mm-hmm. fear, you know all those emotions come back so I mean, like I said, it's almost been 16 years. And at the beginning of this podcast video, I was talking about my dad and the tears just started flowing. Yeah. And and that's okay. Yes. That's really okay. And that's really what I know that it's okay. It's okay for you to feel all the feelings and to give your, your feelings a voice allow yourself the opportunity to feel every single emotion, everything that you are feeling, it is okay to feel that way. The thing is that we cannot stay in that moment. Mm -hmm. We have to find different ways to grow and to see how can this experience of me losing my loved one, how can this help someone else? How can my story, my dad passing away being an encouragement for somebody else. And I think that's what has helped me in this process is trying to find the joy. And that's, you know, the title of the book, Ashley's Journey to Joy, because no, I have not arrived. Uh, It's still a journey and every day it's a journey. But the thing is that I have to find the joy in this experience. Yeah, it sounds really crazy. It sounds really like, not the normal thing to do if you know someone dies in your family or your loved one you know you expect people to be in this dark Mm -hmm. depression and what I can say that's not healthy for you it's not and you have to peel back the curtains let the sunlight come through get out there get some fresh water get some fresh air and find the joy yeah And, and seeing that the glass is half full I just love that fee. I love it. And I love the, the message of it's okay, whatever it is that you're feeling, it's okay. It's very much in line with the purpose of this podcast, you know, and I think it's relevant for children, adults, everybody, everybody can learn something from this. So I love it. I love you. I cannot wait for everything to come out. So now I'm going to give you a chance to plug away. Okay. (laughs) Tell us when's the book coming out? Where can we get it? All the things. Okay. Awesome. So the book will be on Amazon. It will be released early February, 2022. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at teaching fabulously um, or on YouTube. Okay. uh, Teaching fabulously (laughs) or at my website, 
www.teachingfabulously.com just to kind of get some updates on what's happening with the book. But we will have a release uh, party February, um, late February, around the anniversary of my dad's passing. No, right? It's not vision. This is an exciting occasion to celebrate um, my dad's legacy, to celebrate those that I have lost since my dad's passing. Um, it's to celebrate life and just to be thankful for those moments I did have with my loved ones. Yes. I love it. I cannot wait for February. You guys, I'll put all of the links, all of the everything in the description below or in the description on the podcast. So don't worry. You guys will have access to it. And of course, honestly, closer to the time in February, you know, I'm going to be plugging it, letting you guys know, reminding you guys. So go ahead, support my bestie, follow her on all the things and go ahead and buy the book when it comes out. So thank you so much fee for sharing this with us before we go, you know what we do here. Let's talk about what God has taught me. What is something that you feel God has taught you. And it could be recently with the this loss as we're talking about anything. What do you think? Okay, so truthfully, what God has taught me is to find joy. I mean, I think that's the theme of, of my life right now is finding joy. Um, can I share this first? Yes, go ahead. Perfect. Sorry, I thought I had it pulled up already. It's all good. Um, it comes from Romans 5, and I'm going to read from the um, International Children's Version um, of the Bible. And it says, Romans 5, verse 3 through 5. And we also have joy with our troubles because we know that these troubles produce patience, and patience produces character. And character produces hope. And this hope will never disappoint us because God has poured out his love to fill our hearts. God gave his love through the Holy Spirit whom God has given to us. Um, that's Romans 5, 3 through 5. And that right there pretty much sums up what God has taught me is that everything that you are experiencing it's to help refine your character I it's to that. help you be a better person um but it's also to help you to make heaven your home ah uh, i love that i love that i feel like that's the perfect way to end but i'm going to share what god has taught me <laughs> um so i feel like something i'm really really learning in this time is to go to God for whatever is happening because he answers prayers. Sometimes he answers prayers. You don't even pray. Sometimes it's just a thought in your head and boom, it's happening. And I'm just so grateful because God has just been providing for me again in ways that I couldn't even imagine. And this week was no exception. I really, really needed something this week and I prayed for it and God answered my prayer. And I just want to encourage you guys that 
God is always going to answer your prayers, okay? Sometimes he answers in the way that we want wants to, and sometimes he answers them the way that we need. And sometimes that's not always the best, uh, um, the best in our eyes, but it's always the best thing for us. So I just want to encourage you guys to go to God whenever you have any issues because he will answer your prayers. And with that, we have come to the end of the podcast. Thank you, Fee, for joining me. It was such a pleasure. It's always a pleasure talking to you. We're definitely going to have you. You're just going to be a regular at this point. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) Until next time, you guys. Bye.